0: This is episode number 30, Five Steps to Thrive, with author Jocelyn Kuhn. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 20-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, it is my goal to bring you empowering people and messages to help you learn anything take control of your life and fulfill your vision of success thank you so much for spending some time with me today and school is now in session welcome my friends to the university of life today we have jocelyn kuhn in the house she is the author of a book called thriving through transitions a practical guide for turning life's greatest challenges into opportunities to thrive. She's all about helping people lean into fear and thrive while navigating the complexities of life. And she's just so full of love and life and energy. Since the first time she heard about Mother Teresa sitting in a third grade classroom, she knew she wanted to be a difference maker in this world. She says she can still vividly remember the awe and inspiration she felt when looking into Mother Teresa's eyes in one of her history books. And although her path has been a bit different, she knew that she wanted to be a source of love and compassion in a sometimes dark and lonely world. She is one of those people who is just trying to leave the world just a little bit better than she found it. And that's what we're all about here at Growth Mindset University. I really enjoyed my conversation with her. But before we get to that, it is time for the review of the week. This one comes from Johnny Gratitude, and it's titled, Dig Deep, Challenge Yourself. Some of you think, what the hell would a 20-year-old know? He's just getting started in life. Don't be so quick to judge. Read his book. Listen to his podcast. They will challenge you. You'll feel motivated and inspired. Slow down. Take a few minutes and search the topics. You never know. There could be a message in there somewhere that will change your life. Jordan brings the heat. I appreciate you, brother. Looking forward to the journey and what lies ahead. AOG, Attitude of Gratitude. Thank you so much for that review, Mr. Johnny Gratitude. And if you, the listener, would like a chance to be shouted out on the podcast next week, you can. All you have to do is leave an honest review in Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow tremendously and it really helps us improve our show as well. Thank you so much in advance and I look forward to hearing your thoughts in the reviews. And today's episode is brought to you by the WordPress Rocketeer. The WordPress Rocketeer is focused on developing creative websites to launch your dreams to infinity and beyond, they do this with their premium software licenses. You see, not everybody has the eye for design that is necessary when you're ready to put your dreams, your brand, your website in front of the public. It's not always meant to be done yourself. Sometimes you gotta trust the pros, and that's why we use the WordPress Rocketeer. And by the way, with websites too, it's also WordPress or nothing. A lot of people take shortcuts and they use Wix and other garbage, quite frankly. The performance of these websites is so poor. The optimization is poor. The SEO optimization is so bad. You, it's If you're looking to grow your business, it's not going to happen on Wix. It's just not. All the big businesses, all the big brands, they're on WordPress. In fact, over 30% of the internet is powered by WordPress from brands like Disney, Microsoft, and the New York Times. So when you're ready for a professional website that has the look and feel of a Fortune 500 company, when you're ready to get serious about websites, go to the WordPress Rocketeer, thewprocketeer.com, T-H-E-W-P-Rocketeer.com. R O C K E T E E R dot com to get your quote today and have your website up by next week. And now, without further ado, let me introduce to you Jocelyn Kuhn. Welcome back, everybody, to the Growth Mindset University podcast. I'm here with Jocelyn Kuhn today. Jocelyn, it's a pleasure to be in your space.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So right off the bat, I always ask everyone the same question first. What's your why? What's your purpose? What is your cause, belief that makes you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? What's your purpose?
1: My purpose really started with the idea that I want to help people live out their uniqueness, their best life um, every single day. But you know, it slowly kind of evolved into really asking myself the question of what holds people back from that. And one of the things that I think uh, I I found a lot of purpose and passion in is helping people get through the difficult times in life because those are the moments when a lot of us kind of fall off course and a lot of us settle for a life that wasn't the one that we had imagined for ourselves so um my my big purpose is really helping people thrive in the midst of adversity and and overcome challenges and um really turn those challenges into the opportunity to live their very best life
0: Hmm. right on so before you became an author of two books among other things you i was reading you were a hairstylist
1: i was yeah 13 years
0: yeah so what was the day that you just why did you leave that what was did you just have enough or you know you was something calling you to a higher purpose What was you know
1: it? i really started realizing that My why has kind of always been the same, but it felt very small and very, um, just less than what I was capable of to be doing it at the level that I was doing it at. And and I really got to, you know, make people feel amazing when they'd come sit in my chair, but that was the extent of the reach that I had. And, or, you know, I coached volleyball for 13 years, so I did get to impact the lives of the girls that I was working with. And that was amazing as well. But um, for a, few, a couple of different reasons, it really started becoming harder on my body, and the chemicals started kind of bothering me. Um, mm. And it just was not really fulfilling me anymore. So I didn't feel challenged by it. One of the things for me that I, I feel like, you know, I really always need something to kind of challenge me and help me grow to be happy. And so um, I really started looking at maybe I need to do this sooner than I thought I was going to. I I had always planned that I would have a second act. Um, I I had my kids very young. And so it was a great career all through my twenties. I was able to stay home with them and be at all of their sporting events. And I actually moved my salon into the house when I was about seven years ago. And so um, I had a great clientele and I was able to be home with my kids and make A good living and and it was perfect for the ages that they were at and and then you know slowly as they've gotten older uh, my schedule doesn't line up a lot of times with what my clients were needing because I wanted to be at my kids' events and sports and all that and then um, it just kind of felt like the next move and we were in a place luckily where I could go back and do a lot of training. And my husband was, I had met, you know, I I went through a kind of awful divorce in my early twenties and then, Mm -hmm. um, met my husband that I married to now. And, and life just kind of was flowing and, and it was the right time.
0: So we're, we're going to go to the surface level before I dive back in deep, because you, you caught me with something uh, the chemicals of the hair products started bothering you. I must tell you, I use all the most unique organic hair products. I don't put any of that garbage in my hair. Like I go to such extents to, uh, I mean, yeah, of course the shampoo and conditioner, I use top of the line stuff and I, you know, it's, it's worth it for me. It's worth the money for me, um, to, yeah. to avoid the sodium lauryl sulfate, but also, all the pomades I use, everything I use, I like John Masters Organics. It's, I don't know if you know that brand, but
1: uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I had a similar experience. Well, I, I switched to everything being paraben free and um, sodium chloride free and everything a few years ago. And then I was at this supply store one day and I thought, oh, I just need to change. And so I bought some shampoo that I'd used. It was really high quality shampoo, but um I just grabbed one that wasn't free of all of that. And, um, I started, so I ended up getting this like rash all over my head and I went back into the lady. I said, did you guys change the formula? Cause I've used this a million times. And she said, Oh, you've been using all of that paraben free stuff and the, you know, the non-toxic basically. And I said, yeah, you know, I've used it for about a year now. And she said, uh, yeah, if you do that, you're going to find real fast that your body rejects the other stuff. But most of us are so used to it. Our body's built up immunity to it that it doesn't affect us. And it was such an eye opener for me.
0: Yeah. So when um, it's funny you say that, because I've never I, I that was kind of my theory when I was in L.A. over the summer, I I just didn't have good. Uh, laundry detergent on me at the time of course my laundry detergent is like this essential oil stuff it, it's just really really good stuff with nothing in it they don't even call it it's like essentially it's coconut oil with essential oils and it's really great stuff but when i used in la i i, I was i had an airbnb house and i realized i was missing um good detergent when i went to do laundry after the first week and I had to use this arm and hammer stuff. And I actually, um, I got rashes all over my like underarms. It was from the, from the arm and hammer detergent and the smell, the smell of it too was bothering me so much. Like the smell coming off my clothes of this, of these horrible chemicals. It was just, I felt like it was killing neurons in my brain. horrible.
1: It's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, okay. Diving back in through all these transitions, how has your relationship with yourself, with yourself evolved over your life?
1: Oh my gosh. That's such a good one. Especially right now. Um, I realized this last year I had so much work to do with loving myself. I loved everyone else around me and, um, but you know, I never, I was having issues around my self-worth and I think that finally breaking through that is what has really catapulted me to this next level with the book and everything else. Um, I feel like I've really done so much work around that this year and really beginning to love myself and appreciate myself, you know, the flaws and the good parts. And, um, I, I, I think that we all have such different journeys. And so when we get caught up in the comparison game, it really can just deflate our, def, defleet, defeat our <laughs> self-image. Um, and it causes us so much anxiety and worry and stress all the time when we're comparing ourselves. And so one of the things that I really started looking at is, why, why am I comparing myself? And a lot of it was because I wasn't living my life to the level that I wanted to. And so I think, you know, happy people don't look for that as much. Um, So it's, it's been a really incredible journey. I mean, I feel like I love, you know, I, I can say now truly, I love myself. I, I value myself. I honor myself. I stopped putting alcohol in my body because it was something that, for me was such a huge disalignment thing. And so um, I I stopped doing that in March. And of course uh, my life has just kind of taken off since then. And I look at that and think, man, it really does make a big difference. All of those little things that we do really do make a big difference in our lives and how we feel about the integrity that we have with ourselves.
0: Absolutely. That's, I love all that. And so something I know about you that I was reading and something I, I, I feel I can relate to you on, you're a people lover. You say, I love people. I love people. How has your relationship with other people evolved over the course of your life? Because I, for one, I used to hate people. I'm a recovering hater. I, it, it wasn't too many years ago that I had hated people but now I love people. So I'm curious.
1: I, you know, know, I think that I've always been, I, 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 would say it was probably born in me. Like I, I have always wanted to be around people. It's actually funny because now I'm so much more okay with being on my own for, you know, like I, I would love to just go get away by myself for three days somewhere. And before that would have just like made me crazy. I hated being alone ever. And, um, so I think I've found better balance because I would put other people's needs over mine all the time. And and I got to the point of burnout where then I kind of was like anti-social, I, not anti-social, but less, much less social than I've ever been in my life. But one of the things that's evolved for me a lot is um, the types of relationships that I have and the the quality of relationships that I have because one of the things that happens when you start changing your life is people either go, wow, that's awesome. And they want to be on board with it. Or what I've found is a lot of people are like, uh, I don't like this. You're changing. And it's like bringing up all of these issues and insecurities within myself, or I just don't like, you know, that you're a different person than you used to be. And specifically with alcohol, that seems to be such a trigger for so many people and, and it bothers people. And so it's been a little bit challenging just to find that new social outlet that doesn't revolve around drinking and basically going out to happy hour or dinner or whatever, you know? And so it's been kind of this constant evolution of figuring all of that out. But you know, I've always loved people. I love helping people. I love, uh, I I would say I'm a very nurturing person. Um, you know, I always wanted to be a mom and became a mom at 19 and just, I have that motherly instinct, I guess, but, um, it's definitely evolving constantly.
0: Hmm. How old are you now, Justin?
1: 33.
0: 33, right on. Okay. So I'm
1: almost 33.
0: Almost 33. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm almost 21. <laughs> so, okay.
1: Awesome. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know. so if you awesome that, that
1: you're I'm into all a, this.
0: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a young guy, but what you said about finding those social situations that don't involve um, drinking and uh, you know, going out uh, you know, and participating in an unhealthy, you know, unhealthy eating and unhealthy drinking. It's very, it's very hard, especially, especially for me, um, in, in college, right in the thick of it, yeah. but I, I will admit for the first time in seven months, I did go out to the bar last night. So nice. Well, <laughs> good. Yeah. A little, a little bit of balance. You do it every now and then.
1: Yeah. There's a season for everything. And like you said, balance is the key. And, um, you know, I think, I mean, I believe me, I did a lot of partying through my twenties. So, uh, it definitely, there's a time and a place for everything in our lives. And I don't think people should beat themselves up for it. I don't, I don't have, personally, I don't have an issue with alcohol at all. It's more so just that for myself, it was out of alignment. It it made me feel out of alignment with my values. And so changing that has been just a huge, um, I guess, realignment and also a big piece of my self worth that I feel like is coming through in that. And, um, and just the integrity of, of knowing that I'm saying no to something that, you know, it's, it can be difficult at times because it's much easier to just fit in with the crowd. So um, I, I think that there's definitely a time and a place and a season for everything in our lives. And, People shouldn't beat themselves up if they want to do that. You know, my husband still loves to have his drinks, and it's fine. It's great.
0: Yeah, as long as as long as you're not a slave to random impulses, and you're consciously making the decisions and being at peace with those. That's that's how I feel. You know, yeah. I try not to resist. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, your best life daily, your first book. Why is it yeah, important?
1: That's actually not a book. It's, it's just a movement that I started. So, um, it's, it's a movement and it's an idea around living your best life every single day. But my first book is actually thriving through transitions.
0: Gotcha. And that just came out. Yeah. Right. So your best life daily though. Why, why is it important to live your best life daily?
1: I feel like people are constantly in that comparison game and also constantly, um, feeling like they need to fit the norms of society. So one of the things that I'm super passionate about, because I did take a different path than most people, you know, that I was going to school with. I mean, I had a scholarship to go play college volleyball and, um, and I knew the only reason that I wanted to go to college was to play volleyball. And it wasn't, good enough for me because I knew I wanted to do hair and I knew I wanted to be a mom. And I kept thinking, if I go do this, I'm just wasting four years of my life, really not honoring the path that I want to go down, but the path that everyone else wants me to go down. And so, you know, I went to my dad and I said, I know you guys want me to go to college and I know I have this scholarship, but I really want to go to beauty school. And, and, you know, of course everyone in my family was going, what, what? cause I went to a college prep high school. So, I mean, I was preparing my whole time to go to college and, um, and my dad said, luckily he was you know wise. And he said, if you can convince me of why we should do this, then I will support it. And so put together a presentation. And if you can sell me on it, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I put together this whole PowerPoint presentation and I went to him and we had this whole meeting and by the end of it, he's like, well, that actually, you know, it makes really good sense. And I support you. So, um, I ended up, uh, telling them about two weeks before I was supposed to start school that I wasn't coming and going and signing up for beauty school. And I have never regretted that decision. And I've had people, you know, along the way go, Oh, don't you wish you would have gone to college? And, and for me, it just wasn't my path. And I've never really looked back and gone, man, I really wish that I would have had that experience. So for to me, it's owning your own path and and not just owning your own path, but adding value to the world and making sure that you're growing, making sure that you're challenging yourself.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, whenever I used to need to convince my parents of anything, I would always put together a PowerPoint presentation as well. I don't think that's the norm, but there's something (laughs) in our personalities that that just, I don't know. We cover all our bases.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) know. My kids aren't so like, they're not like that. So like, I'm going to have to start challenging them a little bit better.
0: Mm. So what does it mean, your first book to thrive through transition?
1: So I, I share a pretty um, pretty painful time in my life in that book. Uh, I kind of went through the whole experience of of first finding out my dad had been living a double life. This person who was full of wisdom and somebody that I looked up to and admired and he he had been living this double life and he was actually um, part of a big drug dealing ring and doing some other illegal activities and he was, uh, he had another house and a girlfriend. And so that was when I was 19. And it was just such a huge shock. And um, basically, from the time I was 19 to the time I was 22, we went through this whole experience of him being indicted and then sentenced to five years in federal prison. And my parents divorced. Uh, They ended up getting divorced, I think six months shy of 20 years. And And so as a result of all this, my dad came to live with me before he turned himself in and, um, or before he was supposed to turn himself in and the weekend before he was supposed to turn himself in, I found him dead. Uh, he had died of an aortic aneurysm in the middle of the night and that, and I had just turned 22 years old and had two little kids and and it was just the most excruciatingly painful time in my life and um and so i really wanted to write this book for people who are going through things like that because i think so many people feel that pain has to equal suffering and you know my life is a example of the fact that it doesn't i've had some really painful experiences and the most beautiful things in my life have come out of those painful experiences. So um, it's really a a five-step process to help people uncover their ability to thrive through anything life throws their way. So whether that's a divorce, you know, then I went through a divorce shortly after that experience. And whether it's a divorce or a death or a career change or going from college into the workforce or dealing with infertility or, you know, whatever it looks like for you, there are steps and, and tools that you can use to really help navigate those difficult transitional moments in life.
0: Would you mind sharing some of the five steps? I'm kind of curious. I'm probably going to get the book. I'm definitely going to get the book, but can you give us yeah, peek?
1: Absolutely. So um, the first step that I talk about is the grieving process. So grieving the loss that you're experiencing and, and. It's really important I think for people to understand that that doesn't just apply if you're dealing with death but that applies if you're dealing with a career change there's always something that you're giving up when you're moving from somewhere to somewhere different so and that's kind of what by definition a transition is is that place in between where you have left point a and you're not quite to point b yet so you're giving up all of that comfort and familiarity of point a and I talk a lot about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her five steps of the grieving process that she identified in her book on death and dying. But it really applies to any transition that we go through. The second step that I talk about in the book is reframing the loss. So, so finding those seeds of good, Um, you know, I I love Tony Robbins and I've gone to a lot of his events. Yeah, he's great. Um, But one of the big things that he always talks about is life is always happening for us, not to us. And it's finding those seed, those seeds of good that can come from a negative situation that really transforms our life. And I talk a lot about the hero's journey and, and the growth mindset versus, um, more of a limited mindset. And, um, the third step that I talk about is all about getting centered in the present. And, uh, I have a lot of different tools and resources for that in the book and then also on my website. So there's things like meditation, breathing exercises, exploring nature, exercise, gratitude. Um, There's so many ways that we can begin to get more centered in the present. And, And that is such a critical piece of moving from one place to another because so many of us want to hold on to that memory of what that point A looked like. And it really keeps us from, moving into our new reality, which is life. And um, one of the things that getting centered does is it brings us to the present moment, which is really where it's really the only moment that is real. Um, this The fourth step that I talk about, and probably my favorite step is uh, creating a new and exciting vision for the future. And I love, I've done so many life visioning workshops with people and teams and um, it's, it's just amazing because you know, we talk about things when we're little, like, Oh, I want to be this, or I want to be that. But how many of us do it into adulthood? It's very rare that you find people talking about their goals and dreams. And, um, and, and without that, we don't have a roadmap. So it's easy to kind of get lost on this journey from point A to point B, because we don't even have a clear and defined point B. So I talk about goal setting and affirmations and uh, vision boards and finding our why I I like to start with the long term and then work back to the short term but I've been able to manifest some pretty crazy abundant blessings in my life just just um, oh yeah just from doing this work and and really getting clear about what I want most recently actually was super cool I went to Tony Robbins in San Jose in March and I put, I came home and I redid my whole vision board and I put his platinum partnership right in the middle of the board. That's one of my five-year goals is to be a member of that platinum partnership. And long story short, fast forward a few months and um, a friend of mine tells her friend who's a platinum partner that she should invite me as her guest to the next Tony Robbins event. And so we all ended up going to the event together. I was her guest. We were front row. It was absolutely incre- incredible. And so I was a guest of a platinum partner only like three months later. And you can't even buy that ticket. I mean, it's just crazy to think of how quickly this stuff can work. And, and manifestation is something that is, it, when, when you get your head wrapped around it, it's so easy. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's the fourth step and i talk a lot about the law of attraction and all that in that step and then the fifth step is all about um taking intentional action every single day so figuring out the smallest actions that you could start taking today to move you forward because you know action breeds action and and when we're stagnant it's easy to stay stagnant so um I think one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves is really just get ourselves to take massive action in the direction that we want to go. And sometimes we'll find that we're actually being pulled back by one of the actions that we take. But I love the analogy. I don't remember where I heard it, but you know, a bow and arrow, you have to pull that bow and arrow back before it shoots forward. But when it shoots forward, it's doing it with such velocity that it's making up for all of that lost time that maybe those, you know, three baby steps would have had. And so, um, I think that one of the biggest things that we can do is just take action. Even if it's, even if we don't know if it's the right action, start with something. I talk a lot about accountability in that section. So if you're the type of person that needs more accountability, most of us do, most of us will uphold our commitments to other people much better than we'll uphold them to ourselves. So get a, get a coach, get an accountability partner become part of a mastermind group, do something that's going to help hold you accountable. Because if you're somebody that hasn't been taking action for a long time, you're not going to just wake up one day and go, yeah, I think I'm going to do this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so what, what were your, some of your principles in life 10 years ago, maybe versus today, how have they changed? some of your beliefs? Well,
1: I think that I've always, I think that they've been pretty consistent. Um, I think that I'm just doing a better job of living them now than I was then. So we all have our ideal principles that we, you know, in an ideal world we want to live by, but then we also have our needs. And when our needs aren't being met, one of the things, you know, that, I love about Tony Robbins work, probably the biggest thing that I love about his work is he talks about these six human needs that we all have. And, um, he says, you know, if, if your needs are not being met, your values don't matter because you will do whatever it takes to meet those needs, even if it goes against everything that you value. So I think that that's such an important, um, piece of the puzzle for people that, and if you don't know those needs i could share them really quickly but um i think knowing that we are always operating based on what we need and then on our values is huge because we can find other ways to meet our needs if we know what those needs are
0: so it's been a it's been a couple of years it is my one of my favorite books tony robbins awaken the giant within but it's been a couple of years since i've read it Can you refresh me on those six needs? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the first need that he talks about is the need for certainty, which is basically the need to know that life is stable. Um, It's, it's our need to feel protected. It's kind of those basic human needs that we have food and shelter and water and all of that. Um, And then the second need, ironically, is the need for uncertainty. So Uh, the need to have variety, the need to do something exciting and different in our lives at times. And the third one is all about the need for significance. So feeling special, feeling um, valued, feeling different, feeling, uh, feeling significant, feeling, you know, like you matter. And then the fourth need is the need for love and connection and that's feeling a part of something. So a lot of these needs, you know, they're they're opposites, but we need them both and and everyone needs them in different quantities. So everyone has um their top two needs that if if nothing else if it meets those top two needs, then you're going to become addicted to it. That's one of the things that he talks about. The fourth or the fifth need is the need for growth. So and he talks about how the last two needs are more of the needs of the spiritual self. So the need for growth, the need to constantly be evolving and challenging ourselves and moving up to the next level. Uh, I love that he says, you know, uh, growth equals happiness. And I, for me, that is absolutely true.
0: That's what we're all about right
1: here on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, sixth and final need is a need for contribution and so that's the need to feel like our life is helping make the world a better place and um it's and and your needs change over time so that's another thing that I think you know when I was in my early 20s my needs just looked a lot different I wanted to be certain more than anything that was my number one need because I had so much uncertainty in my life and so my 20s were really focused and dedicated on or to creating certainty in my life and and unfortunately then when you get everything super certain then all of a sudden this other need creeps in called the need for uncertainty and then you're going well this is really boring and I need a change so it's balancing those needs and um, and realizing how different things that we do in our lives meet our needs and, um, I think that that has been one of the biggest things that, that learning how to meet my own needs and what those needs are has really transformed my life.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fantastic. By the way, I did, I did just go buy your book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm super thank excited. You so and I want to make it's thriving through transitions. I want to make yeah. sure everyone else goes and gets that. So what's next for you?
1: Oh, my gosh. I have some really exciting stuff coming up. So um, I am going to be launching a mastermind group starting in September that is all focused on people going through life transitions. So it, it's it's really geared toward people who are in those transitional phases where they're going, what's next? Or, you know, how do I get past this loss? or um, or just, you know, I'm in the midst of a really crappy divorce, or I'm thinking about making a change. And I don't know if I want to make that change yet. Um, this mastermind group is going to be awesome. And I have some really exciting guests coming in to do some fun stuff with the group. Jack Canfield actually is one of them. So oh, I'm yeah. so excited about that. Uh, and then his business partner, Patty Aubrey will be on as well for one of the sessions. And um, we just have a it's going to be a pretty incredible program. It comes with a professional accountability partner for the first month of the program. And then, um, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff you get with it. You get personal coaching from me, uh, twice a month for the length of the program. Um, you get the, the group phone calls. So it's a zoom meeting where everyone is logged in and basically on those we're doing, we're kind of talking through some of the steps of this transition process, but we're also putting people in the hot seat who need some extra help, who are feeling stuck or need some ideas for moving forward in their transition. And and really, I mean, I don't know if you've been part of masterminds, but that has been one of the biggest game changers for me since I started I'm a member in three different mastermind groups. And since I started doing those groups, my life has just taken off to a whole different level.
0: Yeah. You know, I would, would actually agree to, uh, I'm in the inner circle with Lewis Howes.
1: Yeah, me too. Oh, oh my gosh. I actually, (laughs) I don't really do a lot in that one. Um, I'm in some more that are a little bit more intimate that really, you build some really powerful connections within the group. So I love Lewis's because there's so much value add, but um, I love the idea of kind of smaller, more intimate ones as well.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've made some huge changes in in my business, just from Lewis's inner circle. So I have no doubt that your community is going to be awesome as well. So how can people stay connected with you and where can they find your book? Thriving? Yeah,
1: so um, if you want to just go to my website, it's just com and that will give you the link to, the, to buy it on Amazon for the book, but it also will give you all of the free resources that I talk about in the book. So I have things like a breathing guide that kind of lists different breathing patterns that you can do when you're feeling anxiety or when you need a boost of energy. Um, it has a uh, gratitude guide. So 10 different ways that you can increase abundance and gratitude. And it has kind of all, of everything that I'm working on right now is there in some form or another. So, um, that's probably the easiest way to connect. And then I'm of course on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I don't do Twitter. Um, but all of those spaces, uh, I think that it's some form of my name. I think Instagram is just Jocelyn underscore Coon. And, um, I think Facebook is just Jocelyn Coon. So, um, I'm kind of all over in that. (laughs) Basically it's all the same. So just my name and, um, definitely on the website, there's lots of resources. So check that out. There's also a free webinar that I've been offering. Um, it's all about the life visioning process. And I actually take people how through how I make my vision board images. Um, and that is on my Facebook page and it will be on my website shortly if it's not already. Uh, but it's definitely worth the hour that it takes to watch it. There's a lot of value there. And, and there's actually a whole 20 page workbook that I'm giving away with that all on the life visioning process.
0: Plenty of resources, plenty of resources. (laughs) So
1: I just want to help. people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Doing very well with it. So before I ask my final question, I want to acknowledge you, Jocelyn, for your love, for your love for people. And of course, for thriving through transition and living your best life every day.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to get to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Um, So what does life beautifully designed look like to you?
1: Um, I think it would be, I really love going back to Tony Robbins, his definition of success, which is doing what you want, when you want, with who you want, however much of it you want. And um, I think that that kind of would be my my general definition, but for me, it looks like, uh, owning a retreat home in Montana and, you know, having my family be closer than we've ever been and becoming part of that platinum partnership, um, writing another book in the next year. Uh, we actually just made the decision to sell our home and we're, so we're going to be building a new home. And so uh, it just is continuing to evolve and grow and, and really live life at the highest level that I'm capable of.
0: Amazing. Jocelyn Kuhn, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It was wonderful.
0: There you have it, my friends. Let's lean into fear so that we can thrive in the face of adversity. It was nice talking to Jocelyn. I've got her book coming in the mail and I'm very excited to get my hands on that, Thriving Through Transitions. You can get that on Amazon. And while you're there, check out my book on Amazon as well if you have not already, Growth Mindset University, the same name as this podcast. If you are new here, make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. If you have not subscribed yet, make sure you do that so that you do not miss the next episode. And if you've gotten anything of value out of this episode today, make sure to go share this out with the link jordanparishealth.com slash EP30. Be a grow giver. Now lastly, if you think this is a healthy message for the world to hear, if you think the message that we are crafting here at Growth Mindset University is a good message for other people to hear, then please leave us an honest review in Apple Podcasts because it's going to help us get found so much easier. It's going to help us spread this healthy message. Thank you so much. And until next time, my friends, live to learn and grow to give.